We play and call it work. Manny Wargamer Dave here from MiniWargamer.com here with Vito. Oh, fire in my face. He is the guest today in the Shrine of Chaos podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you guys have not seen or heard of this before, this is what happens here. First off, Vito's beard gets flamed because it's right in the middle of the chalice of flame, and that's okay. If you guys are listening afterwards, there's a graphic, and that's why it's doing that. Second thing is, for all things chaos, that's what we do here in the Shrine of Chaos. We love chaos. If you collect Tau, you're not invited, you're not allowed in. That's just a no Tau club. If you don't know that by now, then you've been watching illegally all this time, and you've been in the warp, and you've been fried. Because look at that right there. I mean, the devil fish across there. That might be too bad. Is this yours? Did you bring this? I don't know. I found it there. Okay, so this dice, which is comprised of eight dice, because corn wants it. Interesting. All right, well, let's see what we get. Three. Okay, but is it actually 12? Right. Or is it three? It's, yeah. 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 <laughs> I was mathing. <laughs> so in today's Shiny Chaos, it's special in that we have a guest with us, and we're going to be going over the five tips on getting into painting and also for beginner painters as well. Vito, I'll be uh, picking his brain for that because Vito is the painter. He's been painting for more than a decade. Technically, he's been painting since he was a kid. Yeah. So uh, you uh, you look very good for your age. So you could be like, how, how old are you? Like 70? And you're, no, that, that's a bit off. No, you're like 40. No, you're like 20. No, that's too young. I don't know. No one knows how old Vito is. He's been painting for many years. That's actually the, yeah. the correct answer here. I'm the Dorian Gray of painting. He is, are you the sparkly kind though, or like the dark kind? Dor Dor Dorian Gray? He's not a vampire. I didn't say he was. So why would he sparkle? Um, you tell me. Carry on. Okay, we're going to carry on. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we're going to be doing today in the Shrine of Chaos. We also have a giveaway that we're doing. Um, uh, this is, by the way, this is a record for the amount of people that have responded to this giveaway, which it's is it's kind of funny because uh, literally the week before, it was the exact same giveaway. It was a box of 10 Chaos Space Marines. Mm. And all you had to do is go on the Instagram, the Mini Wargamer Dave Instagram page. Thank you very much, Erdrick, for subscribing. And uh, comment the word chaos on the post on the Instagram, and you were entered into the draw to win this Chaos Space Marine box, which we're going to pull right today. Uh, near the end of the shrine, we'll do that. But um, over 1,500 comments. Isn't That's that nuts? Lot. That's crazy. That's a lot. It's crazy, yeah. So there's a lot of Chaos Space Marine lovers out there. There's a lot of Chaos lovers out there. And uh, something I realized, the very first one that I made, for, like the first, not the first giveaway post, but the first post for that, which was a week before, the phrase that people needed to type out was Chaos Space Marines. And that had 1,100 comments on it. Wow. And since then, the exact same giveaway has been done, but this time it's 1,500 because the, the keyword was Chaos this time. So by cutting out Space Marine, got additional 400 people. I wonder why. Maybe it's because um, chaos is better than space marines. Maybe. And see, that's the way I like to look at it, and it's the way that makes sense. That's literally what just happened. No one can deny it's the facts, right? I, I do not deny. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to be doing today, uh, doing that a little bit. Uh, and by the way, if you guys have not heard, the Shrine of Chaos podcast uh, is a patron as well. So if you guys wish to support the Shrine of Chaos podcast. Uh, it'd be greatly appreciated. It helps to go towards the hosting fees and giveaways and everything else that uh, goes on here at Mini Wargaming. It also shows support for the show and it just means that we will continue it. And also, if you are some sort of company or individual that wants to sponsor the show, you can. Absolutely. 
Um, thank you very much to the existing patrons. There's already some patrons for it. Just released it last week, so thank you for that. Um, and we're working on some segments to be added to the show from those sponsors, so it's pretty cool. It's pretty awesome, actually. It's uh, very grateful and, and humbled by that because it just shows that you guys support it and something that you guys want. In addition to this, I've, I've been talking to a lot of uh, podcasters and mm. been on a lot of podcasting shows and am scheduled to be on more podcasting shows, and I find it a lot of fun. I've been uh, exercising at the gym in the mornings because of the eight-week corn challenge, for those of you who don't know about that. It's uh, eight weeks of corn challenges, and some of which are 88 glasses of water. You just have to, not in one day, it's like over the course of like in amongst the eight weeks. Uh, and you just uh, make little goals like that. But I've been listening to podcasts as I've been exercising, and uh, it's been entertaining. It's been awesome. I actually listened to a um, lore one this morning. Okay. And it was a group of guys, and they were talking about all the books that they love from the Black Library. Mm -hmm. And just from them talking about the books, it has inspired me to listen to some of the audiobooks. Okay. And I put a post on the uh, Twitter. I put, put a mini working for Twitter today asking what people's favorite uh, book written by here. Let me see if I can grab it here. I actually put two posts, one on Twitter and the other one was on the Mini War Gamer or Mini War Gaming uh, community page. Um, and the question was, let's see here. Best Chaos Books uh, written by Aaron Dembski Bowden. Bowden. Bowden or Bowden? I don't know. Uh, but anyway, they say from the, the guys in this podcast say that he writes the best chaos um Black Library books. Okay, fair enough. And even if you don't <clears throat> like chaos, you can. He writes it in such a way where you sympathize with chaos. Okay, if you can. If you can, <laughs> right? Uh, and so it, it's interesting because I mean I, I'm obviously I'm sympathetic towards them in general, right, Just okay. because I love them, but even if I weren't, I could read it and still appreciate the book or the books and and be entertained by it and see it from their perspective. Like an example is uh, Angron is uh, uh, one of uh, the books written about him is uh, it's it's written from the perspective of he feels like he is forced to do the stuff that he does, which not necessarily justifies what he does, but it makes you understand why he does what he does. And so it's like, okay, Angron isn't just angry all the time for the sake of being angry. He's just uh, he feels like he's forced in this position. And so he, just, he does what he does. And so it's an interesting perspective. Uh, and another one was Araman. Apparently, there's a, a good book on Aramon. I don't. I haven't actually read. I have a few on my shelf. I've never gone through any of the books in detail, but I want to start, and I want to start with the Chaos books in particular. So, if, if you guys have any suggestions for where to start with the Black Library, I know this is a tangent, and before we're getting into the meat of the show, but um, because I'm excited for it right now, because I've been listening to that and it sounds fun and inspiring, please leave your comments uh, anywhere that you may see posts related to it or on the podcast comments afterwards. Do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, dive in, see where you go. Is there any books that you would recommend? Is there um, I have a book, so Black Library, does that go into the Horse Heresy? Yes. <clears throat> okay, obviously go for A Thousand Sons. Mm -hmm. That's one of my favorite ones. Um, Scars, that is another great one, obviously because I play White Scars, but that is another fantastic book. Um, even some of the Primark series books. Uh, Magnus, that's another great story. Uh, following Magnus, and I think it's uh, Perturabo. Mm -hmm. They have some really great exchanges. Um, and I think the first three Horse Heresy books, I would recommend those ones as well. Okay. Um, yeah, any 
some of those Horus Heresy books are pretty good as well. And I've heard that the Horus Heresy books in particular, the first few that were written, it seems like they're written in chronological order and are going towards, they're moving the story forward. And then, But the books written after that didn't necessarily move the story along. It just kind of was written alongside the yeah, other stories. Yes, so like, like I said, I think the first three are within chronological order, but mm. then they're kind of just pocket stories pocket stories yeah. like with uh, a thousand sons and then i think it's prospero burns they're kind of told from two different perspectives mm -hmm. like a thousand sons is obviously taken from the thousand sons perspective and then prospero burns is from the space wolves perspective in my opinion um the prospero burns is it's kind of boring at first like the first three quarters of the book is it's so slow but it's also like when i read it the second time it you can kind of find the nuances and the kind of like you said the meat of the book mm -hmm. um but then once you get into the end of the book that's when the action okay kind of happens but then like i said in the, in the first three quarters that's when you really have to real dig real real deep but yeah it's, it's all really good stuff cool yeah awesome yeah all right, so uh, let's get in <coughs> to the meat of the show. And after that, we will do a chaos comment bomb as well. For those of you who don't know what that is, you'll find out what that is. So uh, going to the tips. On oh, yes. Beginner paint for beginner <coughs> painters or for hobbyists getting back into the <coughs> hobby and painting, which um, I am one of those hobbyists. I, I have painted miniatures before. It's been years, actually, since I've painted and uh, this is useful to me. This is actually a very selfish request because <laughs> I did it specifically uh, for myself, <clears throat> and I thought it'd be neat to share it with you guys as well. Uh, and so, um, uh, what would what would be the, the tips here? So, to, to kind of preface before we get into David, what was your first miniature you ever painted? Chaos Space Marine Global starter set, which included Deffy, Captain Slaughter, a bunch of Chaos Space Marines, Corn Berserkers. So, out of those, I know Deffy was amongst. <clears throat> the first 10 that I ever painted. I can't remember the very first one. It might have been Captain Slaughter. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember what paints you used? Was it GW paints? Yep. So um, I want to say Chaos Black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Badab. Actually, it might have been Badab Black. Or no, there was a Badab something. Uh, that, I think that was the wash. Okay, Badab then. wash. Yeah. Uh, Badab Black, I think, was the Badab. wash ba back then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Badab Black, we were stumbling over all these words. Uh, okay, so, and there was a couple of different kinds of golds. There was, jeez, um, uh, let's see. There's... I think only two or three different. I, I can't remember the names of them. Wow. But, but they were mostly GW, GW paints. They were mostly GW and paints. And were you using GW brushes? Uh, yes, I was. And this, were you nervous at first? Yeah. <coughs> okay. Wh why were you nervous? I didn't want it to be ugly afterwards. F fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I would be like, oh, I don't want this to crack because people are going to see this, right? I don't, right. I don't want, uh, <clears throat> who painted that? Some five-year-old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my son painted it. Uh, yeah, you don't have any kids. Uh, shut up. Right. So that, that kind of brings me into my, my first point, which is don't be afraid to try. That's kind of my first uh, point for anyone who's getting into painting. Don't be afraid to try. A lot of people, they'll browse any kind of miniature, whether it's from the Games Workshop line um, or any kind of range, uh, whether you're going into D&D &D minis. Uh, once again, Games Workshop, they're kind of one of the biggest for miniatures. Um, yeah, don't be afraid to try if you find a model that you love something that is evocative something that speaks to you just go ahead grab it and try splash some paint on it and go for it i mean my i remember when i first got into the hobby 
Uh, I fell in love with Bretonians. They were super evocative to me. They really spoke to me. Um, it was the very uh, Arthurian legend with the French kind of medieval knights. That was very evocative to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved the movie Kingdom of Heaven. Do you remember that movie with Orlando Bloom? Orlando Bloom, yeah. Yeah. So I painted up my army based on that. Now, I was garbage at painting miniatures. I actually have a bit of a, a background in painting, uh, but it was a lot of canvas, a lot of um, oil painting and uh, acrylic painting, that kind of stuff. But I never painted a miniature before. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I'm still going to try, even though I'm afraid. So I tried it. The miniature looks like garbage, but I tried. Mm -hmm. And the more you try, the more you keep going, the better you're going to get. And that's um, interesting. Yeah, it's 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 not subjective either because you're you're your own worst critic, typically, right? So if I were to look at that, be like, man, I that okay, that you not. That's your first attempt. You think that's crappy looking, but it actually looks really good. And if I were to do something that actually be really good for me, mm-hmm. uh, is it one of those situations? Or is it like if people, if you put it on Cool Mini or not, and it's voted, it would be voted low? I mean, in my opinion, it, I think it's garbage. I mean, we can go after the show. Uh, we can actually take a photo of it. I actually have it on my desk. Oh, do you? I do. I'm oh, not on my desk, sorry, on my, uh, on my shelf. Okay. And I, wherever I go um, in terms of painting, I always bring it with me as a reminder of where I've come. Awesome. Yeah. So it's one mini. It's just one mini. Um, it's a it's a Knight Templar. So it's white. And <laughs> excuse me, white is one of the hardest colors to paint mm-hmm. uh, because of the pigmentation. Um, so yeah, uh, always just just try. Just whatever the, the color is, whatever the mini is. Um, it, the composition of the mini really doesn't matter. Whether it's a gigantic mini, whether it's the, the complexity of it, or even the color itself. Just try. That's that's my number one tip. Um, for my second tip, I actually wrote them all down on my phone, um, is find something that inspires you. So if you're painting a, a goblin, if you got a bunch of goblins and you know, you're not inspired, you're just you know painting for the sake of painting, don't do it. Don't do it. Because you're not going to be inspired. Yeah, you'll hate it. Be a drudgery. Yeah, it's, you know, I've got, you know, I've got a horde of 40 things to do, or I've got 10 things that I have to get done. Don't do it. Walk away. Yeah. You know, if you find, um, find anything else that inspires you, you know, go do it. Whether it's video games, going outside, playing with your friends. Uh, do people actually still do that now? <laughs> <laughs> do people still go outside? Do people know what outside is? Um, <laughs> You know, find whatever to go watch a movie, um, whatever it is, go and do that. But find something that inspires you, you know, whether it's that really big mini or that one character model or whether it's a bust. That's actually something that I've been um, gearing myself myself up for is kind of pushing myself towards painting busts of historical figures. Mm, okay. Right. Like maybe it's a Caesar model or a Salahadin or something like that. Uh, I want to try and find something that inspires me. Um, now, obviously, I wouldn't recommend um, someone new mm-hmm. to go and tackle a bust. But, hey, maybe you want to. Try it. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be my number two. Uh, number three, once you're in there, thin your paints. Thin your paints. <coughs> yeah, I, I'm with sure. With what? What do you thin your paints with? Um, so if you are starting out and you don't have an airbrush, uh, you can thin them out with water. Standard H2O. Okay. Um, so what you want to do is standard one-to-one mix. And what I mean one-to-one is for every dollop 
of paint that you have on your brush. You take a little bit of dollop of water, generally from a pot, mm -hmm. and then you mix the consistency. Because if you take it right out of the paint pot, um, it's a, generally a little bit too thick, especially if you're using some of the GW paints. Mm -hmm. um, they're generally more thick bodied. Um, so you want to thin down the paint and then the consistency will be a lot better once you apply it to your miniature. Um, now there are a lot of other paints out there um, that are thin bodied. Um, uh, the best range that I can think of is scale 75. Um, depending on what range, I think the game and fantasy range, um, those generally don't need th um, thinning. Uh, you can just drop those into maybe a little bit of um, uh, a water bottle lid, yep. and you can apply those <coughs> Excuse me, without thinning them down. They're just as is. They're just as is. Or you can apply them into your airbrush, and they're good to go. Um, if you are using an airbrush, I like to use a thinning medium. Generally, I like to use Vallejo. They have a really good, <coughs> excuse me, uh, thinning medium. So they sell that uh, in addition to their paint. It's like another bottle of medium right beside all the paints, right? All, yeah, yeah, right beside the paints. Uh, thinning and it, other um, uh, companies sell their own mediums. The Tamiya, they sell uh, thinning mediums. I'm not sure if Games Workshop sells airbrush stuff. I know they have their own airbrush paints, mm -hmm. um, but I don't believe they sell a medium. You could use water as well. I generally don't use water. I'll use it if I'm in a bind, if I don't have a, my thinning mediums nearby, uh, and I'll use it if it's in a bind. And the reason why you don't want to use water is because water sometimes has impurities in it, and that's from the minerals that are inherent in water. Hmm. As you know, when we drink water, sometimes they have you know the inherent uh, minerals inside it. And minerals are good for us, Sure. but when you're putting minerals that are in the water inside the airbrush, that could actually clog the airbrush um, or uh, mix the chemical compounds of the paint and kind of mess up the paint as it goes through the airbrush and as it atomizes the paint itself. So generally, I don't like using... Um, water in an airbrush? Water in an airbrush. Would you recommend using bottled water, filtered water in an airbrush? Is that better? You could. You could. Um, or even if you filter it through a filter... Uh, at home like brita you, you could you could i mean it's ro water you could yeah. uh, i like i said me myself being a painter um i've been i've been painting minis for about oh, 11 years now um i i just wouldn't that's that's me but if you're in a bind you know you're using the airbrush um for base coats water is fine yeah yeah water is fine cool yeah um, so the next step will be pay. What I like to call it is paid forward to your products. Now, what I'm what I mean by that is, if you take care of your paints, you take care of your brushes, they're going to take care of you. So, mm. uh, you know, you clean your brushes properly, you close your paint lids after every uh, application. Um, those are going to have longevity after. Uh, every use. Um, so here's a question. Let's say I'm using a color. Okay, I'm using a gold on the gold trim of a Black Legion model. Mm -hmm. And I dip my paint in. Yep. Do you leave the lid open or do you close it after every application? Does application constitute use of the uh, color that you're using or every dip of the brush? It, it depends how long you're using it for, really. Like if you're using just for like a shoulder pad on one guy, 
uh, it's okay to leave it open. Or even if you're using it for um, a couple guys. But if you have maybe like 20 guys, uh, it all depends on how quick you are. Because generally metallics can dry fairly quickly. And it all depends what paints you're using as well. And that comes with experience, mm -hmm. with using different um, different mediums. And by mediums, I mean paints. Mm -hmm. um, I've come to realize that, oh, I've left my my paint open a little bit too long. Oh, crap, this paint has dried. Uh, I've learned that with using uh, scale, 70, uh, scale 75's metallic range. And they have by far, um, and this is not a sponsored thing for me saying it, I just absolutely love their range, their metallic range. But they dry really fast when I when I uh, pour out the paint onto um, a little plastic lid. Mm -hmm. Best pa best metallic paints out there, but they dry super fast. So you got to use them up really quickly. Yeah. Uh, GW actually has some <coughs> excuse me some pretty good metallics, um, but they don't dry out as fast. So it's really about figuring out your your timing with using the metallics. And this is just metallics we're talking about. Yeah. But it's all about using other mediums and um, knowing when they're going to dry and, and whatnot. But also then, you know, you want to take care of your brushes as well. You don't want to leave, when you're painting with your, your minis, and you drop your paintbrush into the uh, your container of water, don't leave the paintbrush in the water. Because it'll bend. and Yeah, the, the, um, the water will seep up into the actual paintbrush, and then, you know, you come back uh, an hour or maybe a day later, and then your, your, your paintbrush is completely ruined. Yeah. Uh, getting a really good brush cleaner um, is really great. I mean, we take care of our hair, so why not take care of the hair or the bristles of your paintbrush? Hmm. And that will uh, uh, extend the longevity of your paintbrush because paintbrushes are generally expensive as they are. Mm -hmm. You know, um, paintbrushes can go anywhere between you know, $9 to $100. Mm -hmm. Why spend that money over and over and over again when we can, <coughs> excuse me, when we can use that one paintbrush over a, uh, a couple of years? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So take care. But when I say pay it forward is take care of those items and they will take care of you in the sense of you're the work that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. That makes sense. Yeah. And then the last tip will be don't overwhelm yourself. Don't overwhelm yourself. Yeah, so as a new painter, um, what uh, I find a lot of people doing is, oh, I'm going to buy uh, six boxes of this. I'll buy, you know, two boxes of this. And then now you're stuck with an entire um, collection of stuff. You've fully built it. Mm -hmm. And now I have a, I'm drowning in a sea of plastic mm -hmm. or resin. Yeah. And then you're overwhelmed. You don't know where to start, and <coughs> you're you're stuck. Yeah. What, what what do you do? Um, if you are in that situation, pick one thing, get it done, or pick a squad, pick a box. Don't look at anything else. Get that one squad done. All right, perfect, and then pick something else and keep going at that rate. Don't put 40, 50, 20 models on the table or on your painting uh, table slowly but surely get that stuff done now i've made that mistake just recently <laughs> uh i think you kind of know about this i bought uh, eight start collecting boxes for my demons of slanesh i may have seen a post about it yeah mm -hmm. um and i bought a whole bunch of other things now i i did that because i'm kind of experienced 
um, and I'm not going to build everything. So I'm starting one box at a mm. time, building it, painting it, move on, build it, paint it. Wait, wait. On. Did you just say you bought eight boxes of Slanesh? Eight start collecting boxes not plus... Not six? Yeah. Oh. Well, I, technically I had nine because I already had one from before. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's going to be a, a, a big army. Mm. But yeah, essentially don't over <laughs> don't overwhelm yourself. And uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, that actually makes sense because... If you looking over there on the couch, uh, you guys can't see this, but you can certainly hear it. There's a whole bunch of boxes over there. A lot of boxes of Chaos Space Marines, some Chaos Terminators, oh, wow. that's, that's a lot. Forge Fiends. We got Shadow Spear. We also have the uh, Apocalypse Chaos Space Marine starter box. There's a lot of stuff over there, and I plan on starting a series where I start the army <clears throat> and I paint it, and it's like a paint along yeah. series, right? Because I did that years ago with my Blood Angels, and it was fun. I remember doing it. I remember being engaged with with you guys, with the audience, and just kind of helping motivate me to do it. Uh, and it wasn't too overwhelming because at the time, I kind of I inadvertently did one unit at a time. I didn't know it was a good strategy. I just that's just what I happened to do. But it's so tempting to, you know, when you see all those models, all those pretty models, and be like, oh, I'm going to flesh out my entire army and get everything that I want, and then you have everything, and then you realize, okay, I can literally see my work cut out for me. And it is daunting. It's absolutely. Yeah. I mean, another good trick is if you have everything, grab your one kit, your one box, whatever it is, put it on your paint table, and grab everything else, put it in your closet, hmm. hide it. You know what I mean? So it's not in sight. It's not. In, yeah, out of sight, out of mind. The old verbiage. Um, and then once you've built something, once you've painted it, treat yourself. You know, you you put it away, and then treat yourself. Go grab something else. And then you can treat it as a game. You know what I mean? Oh, you know, I've got something else. Boom. Now I'm going to go grab something else. And you you come up with this muscle memory, this repetition. Okay, how quick now can I do the next box? How quick can I do the next set, the next unit, whatever it may be? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, no, that's really good. I, like I mean, I, and I can come up with like another five steps or another whatever, but then, you know, you're you're further going deep in, into it. But So what would be something that uh, you would recommend to me? Um, I guess maybe combining these steps or whatever, or just maybe a, a saying its own unique thing. What would you recommend to me, knowing that I'm about to start this? Because I'm I'm in the position that a lot of people are in. They, they just bought an army. They're about to start one thing. What's the number like most important thing that you can think of? So you, so for that box for yeah for like everything stuff. everything you see there. Um, so I, I'm I'm gonna assume that you have your clippers. You've got your glue. Yeah. So you got everything. Um, yeah, follow the steps that I've mentioned and grab one thing that you absolutely want to start on. Okay, so the m- most exciting thing that I'm, I'm excited about, start with that. Start with that. Yeah. Yeah. So what what is to be said about efficiency of painting and factory line type of work where you do a lot of the same thing just for time efficiency? Because there's that. If, you, if you're working on one thing, that would negate that. And that's true as well. I mean, like if you have three boxes of, you know, Chaos Space Marines, you obviously want to build them all at the same time. It depends on each person, I imagine. I mean, like for me, for example, I know that I have 90 demonettes to build. <laughs> that's a lot. Um, now that I'm, I say that out loud, it's like, oh. <laughs> but um, I know that, because I've done this in the past where I had, when I was playing Warhammer Fantasy, um, I built a Warriors of Chaos army that had no Warriors of Chaos in it. But I used all Marauders. 
So I had four hordes of 40 Chaos Marauders. Um, so that's what? It's 160? It was 160 Chaos Marauders. Yeah. Now I did the, did the thing where I built them all and then I painted them all. Okay. So that you, you, you can do the assembly line. Mm-hmm. And then I found for me that didn't work. Because it, you just burnt out or why? I burnt out. Yeah. Um, so That's, then it's now crazy amount. it's just the crazy amount. Now, mind you, during that time, I had a really bad leg injury. I had surgery. So I'm like, I've got nothing else to do. I'm just going to build and paint. Yeah. Um, so I can get away with that. But I also found that I just burnt out. So I find now that building a unit or a couple units, painting them, that works for me. Yeah. So actually that could be step number six or tip number six is find also what works for you. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to know unless you just start. Exactly. Just dive in, see what works for you. Awesome. Yeah. Let's uh, let's, uh, point this to the uh, live chat for a moment here and let's engage some of you guys. So questions for Vito for painting. What would you ask him right now? Uh, By the way, for those of you who have not seen things that Pano... Pano? Pano? (laughs) (laughs) That Mr... uh, uh, Vito the Vito has done. Um, <laughs> what would you ask? What would you ask Vito? By the way, uh, check out some of the mini wargaming battle reports where he is featuring his own Slanesh army. Whether it's AOS or 40k, you can use the same army. You have used the same army in both. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of others, but that one in particular, he's using it as of late. Uh, that's you can see the the beauty of his work. It is fantastic work. Uh, very clean lines. He's done a lot of stuff for me personally. Uh, which I'm incredibly happy with. A lot of Nurgle stuff. I'm looking at a Lord of Skulls right now that he's done, and there's there's actually, I can't name everything. Uh, it's a bunch of stuff that he has done. So a question for you, Vito. Uh, the Darkest Stig says, how do you paint eyes? It is my least favorite part of painting. Oh, eyes. Okay, so I actually get this question a lot, especially on uh, my sit talks. I actually enjoy painting eyes, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I imagine you mean human eyes. Um, cause I mean, Xenos eyes could be done as well, but I imagine you mean human eyes, space Marines, whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> cause a common thing people will do is they paint this type of eye, you know, the, ex- <laughs> the, the excited eye. That, that's also, that's cool. You know, that's, that's the beginner kind of thing. You put, you know, white, a black dot, and then everybody's surprised on the battlefield, which is cool. You're learning. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, but the way I paint the eyes is I will take something like a Rhinox hide, which is a dark brown, and then the entire kind of, not oculus, that's a stupid word, um, the... What, socket? The, the socket thing. I was going to call it the eye hole. <laughs> <laughs> the socket, mm-hmm. I will paint that, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I will paint that all rhinox hide or a dark brown Mm -hmm. so it's essentially this entire area here dark brown Mm -hmm. then i will grab uh, a white or a pallid witch flesh which is almost white but it has the slightest hue of purple in it it's very very it's almost white right um and then i will paint a line right in between that brown okay um and then i will grab black abaddon black any kind of black that you can find you put a little bit of uh, a dollop of that on your paintbrush and then in between wait you said a little dollop sorry yeah Yeah. not dollop dollop is the wrong word um the finest dab dab yeah (laughs) (laughs) jeez uh on the paintbrush and then you put that right in between the The white the line okay yeah Yeah. right in the middle of that white yeah 
and that's how you paint eyes. Now you have to have a super steady hand to do that because it's, I'll do, if I'll do it on my phone here. So you have, imagine this is the brown, then you do a thin, so my finger is now that white, and then Dave, put a little, your fingertip, if you will, that's the black. Okay, so tiny little dot. Yeah. Tiny dot. That is how I do eyes. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to picture that, and it's it feels like it's <clears throat> a brown spot with a white sliver and a tiny little black dot. That's essentially it. Okay. This method was taught to me long, long time ago. It took a ton of practice. Um, I actually recently did that on my witch elves. I have 60 witch elves, so I painted 120 eyes. Mm -hmm. It's ton of practice. It sounds daunting, but it's actually quite easy once you once you do a ton of them. So how how thin is the we'll call it white line? How thin is that ratio to the <clears throat> surrounding brown color? Fifty percent. So fifty percent. Okay, because I was picturing a very small sliver, like a ten percent sliver. Mm -hmm. So it's actually fifty. <clears throat> yeah. So the out the outer rim is the dark color then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's more of a, now, is it a, is there, is it outlined? Is there an outline of the brown color or? There, there should be some of that brown showing. On the top if of that bottom? brown is essentially, you're creating shadow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. I hope I'm explaining myself well. Yeah. Well, I think it's clearer in my mind anyway. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if I, let, let's say, for example, we, would, we had a, an oval shape in Photoshop, right? And we created a brown circle with it. And then we duplicated that. And we changed the scale of that to like, I don't know, let's say it was 60%. So it's the same shape, but it just fits within the other brown oval. But mm -hmm. it's, it's a lighter color. Is that it? And that could work. I mean, <clears throat> most, most eyes actually on miniatures aren't round. Like they are. Right. They're like rectangular or square. Yes. Or... And that's why you can get away with that my method. I, I don't want to call it my method, but it's the method that I use. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got that, why the black dot? Why isn't it a white dot in amongst black? Well, because the, I mean, if we look at our own eyes, it's the iris is considered to be that black dot. Okay. Because there, a lot of times there's, with paintings and stuff, I know it's on the miniature scale that we're talking about, but with paintings, there's a lighter color or a white, something to show the reflection of the light coming into the eyeballs. Well, th I mean, then we're talking like super, super micro scale, which, I mean, I don't have the skill to do that. So it would have it, to be incredibly small. For, it, yeah. 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 Okay. And at that point, you're, I mean, if it's that small, I mean, probably getting the black dot alone is yeah. incredibly small. Yeah. But you still see it, though. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. and I, what sometimes what happens is you can actually mess up and that black dot goes um, right over the white. So it's not... Like if I'm explaining yes. myself white. Yeah, yeah. So the black dot goes in between the two white right. spots. Um, but it's just, it's kind of okay as well. So it creates like different, it shows like where the person is looking as well. I mean, sometimes it can, you know, they're, they're you going across. You get the googly eyes? It. Sometimes. Um, How do you it, fix that? You just redo it? Sometimes what you can do is, yeah, you'd have to go back in and redo yeah. the eye. <laughs> it, it's tough. Eyes are tough. But like I said, I've I've done enough. I've done enough of them where I don't want to call myself an expert, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm pretty good at them. Yeah. Like um on the recent uh D and D campaign, mm -hmm. the last lob last 
lost the laboratory of qualish oh my goodness words um with mrs doubtwater mm -hmm. um the 3d printed model uh she just had sunglasses but it's essentially mrs doubtfire mm -hmm. so with her sunglasses i actually had to paint in eyes inside of the sunglasses ah. so that was extremely difficult for me to do yeah yeah how do you did you make did you make it look like it was like magnetized or uh, you know how like eyes are bigger sometimes because the thickness of the light did you do that type I, of effect or i tried uh-huh um because the sunglasses are actually smaller than the eyes itself oh weird yeah so i actually had to go in a couple of times add in flesh all the way around and then eyes it was tough <laughs> eyes are tough eyes are tough all right we'll take one more uh, painting question for Vito here uh let's take a look at the comments um just to see uh, yeah there's a lot of comments saying that eyes are okay here we go do you <laughs> this is from uh psst, that's how i'm going to pronounce the yeah, name yeah it looks like psst. Uh, do you paint then glue or do you just paint your model after gluing it oh um it depends on the model um a lot sometimes models like generally space marines you can just glue them all together and then paint them mm -hmm. uh there are sometimes a lot of models where you gauge them and they're like okay i'm gonna have to paint this piece separately and then i'll glue it on top afterwards because it's really it's all based on the complexity of the model now i'll never know just based on looking on the model okay you know this will have to go on after this will have to go on after just by looking on the the cover art it's always as i'm building then i'll be like okay I know this is going to give me a hard time, so I'm going to leave this separately. Or I'm going to build, then I'm going to build it. Or mm -hmm. then I'm going to paint it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like uh, right now, I'm doing uh, Primaris Kasoro Khan. And as I'm going through the entire model, I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to break this guy down into like four different pieces. Because I'm airbrushing him. Okay. And generally, <clears throat> excuse me, generally when you airbrush, um, sometimes you can get away with just doing um, the whole model. But sometimes you want to break the model down into a couple pieces and then glue them back together. Okay. Yeah. And when you glue it back together, and it's let's say for instance it's a plastic model, would you have to then use super glue because you can't use the plastic glue at that point, or do you scrape some of the paint off that went onto the surface that would have had plastic on plastic so that it could melt together? Uh, sometimes, yeah, you you can scrape it off, um, or sometimes you can just use super glue, and it's a it's a pretty easy fit. Once again, it's one of those situations. Every single model, every single artistic piece, if you want to call that, is very situational. There is no mm -hmm. one answer. Mm -hmm. I know you're asking me these questions like, oh, is there an answer? And it's, for me personally, it's a very situational thing. Which makes sense. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, you absolutely have to do it this way every time. Yeah. That, yeah, it wouldn't make sense if you said that. Uh, and I guess on that note, when you are painting, let's say, uh, unassembled, mm -hmm. it's not assembled yet, is it on sprue or off sprue? Oh, here, that's a very good question. A lot of people, uh, especially on the online community, uh, Facebook and whatnot, uh, there's that big debate, do we paint on sprue, on sprue or off sprue? I personally like painting off sprue. Mm-hmm. Um, because then I don't like having to clip, mm -hmm. shave, and then repaint. Okay. So I'll clip everything off and then paint all, everything in multiple pieces. Right. Um, today is actually the very first time I'm painting one piece on sprue, and that's a head. 
Okay. It's Corsaro Khan's head. Well, it makes sense because <clears> you clip the bottom, you never see it because you glue it on anyway. Exactly. Yeah. That's the very first time I've ever done that. But for the most part, everything is clipped, uh, pinned onto something, or I'll just hold it by hand. That was the next question. So how do you hold it if it's clipped off? So you pin it. You, you could pin it. Uh, it's a simple thing of drilling a little hole into a piece that you know is going to be hidden. Mm -hmm. um, paper clip, super glue it, or yeah, generally super glue it because then you can cut the piece off and then glue it back on. Okay. Um, so it doesn't move around on you? <clears throat> yeah, right. you can hold the paper clip and then... Um, or you can go gangsta style and just hold it by hand. Hence why I have uh, my fingernail is always painted. <laughs> I've never noticed that. Yeah, my my hands are always painted. I generally never use uh, gloves. Okay. Why is uh, that? Uh, laziness. Okay. So it's not like a, oh, it messes up my, my skill level or anything. It's just, yeah. you just don't care I'm to. Kind of like Coolio, Gangster's Paradise. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, yeah, it's, it's laziness, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could argue that the oils from my fingertips will go on the model, but generally I hold the model in an area where... That wouldn't matter anyway. It, it, it won't matter. Um, but yeah, you should get into a good habit to, if you are going to be holding model and airbrushing, generally use a glove. Um, so then your natural oils from your fingertips will not go on to the model. Um, I actually learned that the hard way. Um, I was painting the old Sigvold model from okay. Warhammer Fantasy. Yep. I was painting his cloak white. Um, I actually used him in AOS as a herald of Slanesh. Um, so I was painting his cloak white. came out beautifully, if I don't say so myself. Um, and my fingerprint ended up on his cloak. And I was like, <laughs> crap! What, I, and I tried to fix it, and it would not come out. So I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? And this is when you, as an artist, you try to brainstorm what the heck to do. And I'm like, I have some Slanesh transfers. Mm. So I, I popped on a Slanesh transfer on top and it came out perfect. Yeah, because it was just delivered at that point. Yeah, it's, yeah, and you will never know that my fingertip was there. Now, I was able to... Um, Adam Savage, who I absolutely love, he's from Myth Mythbusters, mm -hmm. he coined the term uh, hide the crimes. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I, I hid my crime. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so here, here's, a, here's a question for you. And this is something that I've noticed with a lot of artists. I find that with, with artists, it's one of a couple ways in which they go about describing their own pieces. Yeah. And it's either, uh, and it's funny because I've just noticed it's one of two polarizing ways. It's either like super modest uh, and if something's ridiculously awesome, they don't say so. They say it could have been better. And, and speaking of their own work, right? Or on the flip side, they say it's the best ever. They're the best artist. Okay. So... How do you approach describing your own stuff, right? Like you're a commissioned artist. Yeah. Have been in the past, maybe right now on and off. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you were to, because you want to sell yourself at the same time. Right. And so how do you go about describing your own skill level and your own work? Um, how do you balance the difference between believing in yourself and selling yourself? And, right. And being modest about your stuff and also being arrogant about your stuff. Right, right. Um, for me personally speaking... <laughs> it's a tough question, right? Right, yeah. I don't, right. Um, I know that my work is good, but I always know that I have room for improvement. A ton, always. If you think that you are top dog, um, you are fooling yourself. Because there is always someone who is bigger and better than you. Mm -hmm. Always, always out there. Um, and you, you are always able to learn new things. 
constantly and i'm i'm always i'll be always watching tutorials mm-hmm. um and if i always if i go back and i learn or i'll go back and i'll see what i've done like two years ago mm-hmm. compared to what i know now it's it's incredible so i'm, I'm always i'm oh as an artist you should always always be hungry to learn mm-hmm. yeah i like that yeah. having a hunger to excel and do better because because then you'll you'll stagnate yeah. and you'll always be stuck in in what you know right um for example uh with my airbrush i kind of know how to do non-metallic metals mm-hmm. um and I, i've done that with like a doctor doom model that i have outside on my desk um but i don't know how to do non-metallic metals by brush okay and that's something i'd love to know how to do right so it's it's constantly trying to push yourself Mm -hmm. you know whether it be with with glazing uh or or, 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 even if if you're basic uh starting out just dry brushing Mm -hmm. a lot of people can mess up dry brushing you know whether they go too hard or they too they have too much paint on the brush Mm -hmm. um becomes messy at that point yeah and i think a lot of people nowadays um they uh, they have a really inflated ego when it comes to what's <laughs> what's considered pro painted. Okay. Um, speaking, you can definitely see it uh, on on eBay and things like that. Um, so yeah, I I know that I'm I'm good, mm-hmm. um, but I know that I have room for improvement and I, I have a hunger to learn and to to, to know more. And what constitutes pro painted? <clears throat> if it's won awards or if pe- people have paid for it, I think that's pro painted, right? This was an army painted and sold. Would that not constitute a pro painted army? Like, <laughs> what does that actually mean? Right? Yeah, well, yeah. What is what is professionally painted by by a painting studio? I that's the thing, right? I mean, you can have a guy throw a wash on a on, on a miniature and call it pro painted. Or, yeah, what what is pro painted at that point, right? It's so subjective, and because it's art. It's art, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, and then someone could argue, uh, is really painting miniatures art? What what is art? That's a hard question. What right? is art? Yeah. You know, we, we can talk about uh, Michelangelo. We can talk about Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, you know, Raphael. Those guys are artists. Art right. is what I do considered art, even though I work with paint. You know, we can get into, into into that real nitty and gritty stuff. So if <clears throat> if my five-year-old son paints something in his kindergarten class... Is that art? Is that art? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I imagine to him it is art. Okay. Right? What about to you? To me, it's art. He's starting somewhere. Those guys started somewhere. So what is art then? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, I think, is a subject maybe for another day. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I think, I, I think only that 88 viewers. I just have to point it out because corn oh. wants it. Uh, I think art is creation. Yeah, as long yeah. as you're making something, it's art. Whether it's with paint, with your hands, with uh, even your imagination. I think it's, writing it's, too. It's like writing is art. Yeah, there could be art it's in an math art form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. There's so much. Uh, that's what I think. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I had this debate with my brother-in-law one time over what art was because it's so hard to define it mm-hmm. and people have different opinions on what it is 
No one can actually pinpoint exactly what it is. You have professional, quote unquote, opinions yeah. as to what it is and what makes their opinion <laughs> more valid. There's spoken art. There's spoken art. And you know what? Don't let anyone ever tell you that what you're doing is not art. And if you love it, just continue doing it. Keep pursuing it. Keep getting better. I have once heard that art is something that you see or experience that causes an emotional reaction within you. Mm. Which, and, there, and at first my reaction was, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. You know, you see people look at a painting and they cry because they're happy or sad or reminds them of something. And then what about if someone is destroying something? It causes an emotional reaction. Is it therefore art? Oh. Right? So that can't be the definition of art. It, does it only apply if it's positive? And so right. th then the debate furthered. And so I think at the ultimately the art is just creation. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's good looking or ugly, that's subjective. But art in and of itself is. Well, then, heck, my parents created art. <laughs> and there, there's, uh, there you have it. <laughs> um, thank you very much, guys, for your questions for Vito. And thanks, Vito, for uh, answering them and uh, discussing and sharing your experience with us. No, thank you. Uh, we're going to go to a different segment of the show. Uh, this is where we talk about some upcoming things. I need to mention this because it is super exciting. In fact, I just finished the page for it. Uh, it is the uh, Gorka Morka event oh, yes. that's coming up. Um, it's limited in that there's only five spots available for it. And the spots are limited because, I I mean, I, I had the, the, the option of having it open to a lot of people, having it like a tournament type of event. Or on the flip side, I had the option of having it more of a more intimate campaign style longer event. And I chose that because that's more in my wheelhouse of um, what I'm comfortable with and what I enjoy doing. And so that's why it's limited to only five people. And uh, the concentration on those five people will be so much greater than a group of 20 yeah. that come here and kind of get lost in the shuffle. So um, I have uh, an Eventbrite uh, link for that. And I'll include links in the, uh, in the notes afterwards as well. And I'm going to actually post it right now in the chat just so you guys can see it live. And uh, I'm, I'm doing. You guys are the first ones to actually see this. Um, and there's a whole block of text there, so in case you miss it, it it's right there. Um, I made a video for it. For it, uh, by all means, watch it later if you're interested. It is. Uh, it's in October. It's the third week of October, so it's a little ways away. So if you need to save up plane tickets or whatever it happens to be, you have some time to do so. Uh, and there's full details on the page. It's a, it's a lot of details. The, the video is short. It's a minute and a half or a little bit longer. So it's, it's very brief, but it gets to the point. It just basically shows that the event is live and happening. But the actual details, the meat of the event itself, is in the body of the whole page. Uh, the deposit is on Eventbrite. That's just the deposit. That's not the actual event cost. And the reason why it's a lower amount on event price because they take a percentage of the cost. So it doesn't make sense if we have our full ticket price on there. Uh, uh, that just tells us who's serious and when they buy. They, they secure their spot, basically. And because there's, the, because there's only five spots, it is first come, first serve. And because you guys are viewers of the Shrine of Chaos, you get first dibs on this. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of playing favorites here. But that's just the way it works. Um, so, yeah, uh, details about that. So take a look at that. There's also the Resident Evil campaign Ooh. coming up. Now, that's actually that's happening in less than two weeks. Yeah. That happens in a week and a half. It starts Monday, week and a half. And it's happening here. Now, that's something that is closed. Uh, I guess technically there is one ticket left for that. But four of the spots are available. I would actually prefer that it stays at four. 
if there happens to be someone that gets a ticket and comes in, I'll accept it. But four is a comfortable number for me. Uh, and that is the immersive narrative campaign experience where live actors are involved. The whole building is in play. Things will happen there that have never happened before in a campaign, here at Mini Wargaming at least. And that is super exciting. I cannot wait for that. And I've been corresponding with the participants of that and super excited. We have custom characters and sheets. It's a custom campaign using the 40K rules. Gorkamorka, going back to Gorkamorka for a second, that is using the original Gorkamorka rules from uh, based off of the second edition 40K rules many years ago. Uh, if you don't know how to play, not a problem. That's what the first couple days of the event are for. Uh, we'll, de- we'll be doing demo games so you can learn how to play and uh, once you get it down, it's pretty straightforward. It's a lot of cool, cool vehicle rules. There's things that you, that you crash into each other, and you can. There's a tables that you roll on. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, so you can actually come to the event not having played Gorkamorka before, and not bring any models because part of the experience includes having your truck and or bikes and boys and war boss included. That's included in the ticket price as well as some awesome swag, which you'll see on the Eventbrite page. It'll show you all the details of everything that you get there. And so the value of the ticket is actually way exceeded uh, compared to the actual cost of the ticket. So you pay a certain price, and the value that you get is is much more. And I actually mathed it out according to things on the websites and all the products that you get. So it's really a a first-come, first-serve. It's an exciting time, and I can't wait to do it. It's relatively soon as well. It's about a couple months away from now. And uh, it's going to be nuts. It's going to be crazy because I suspect that orc players in particular will be attracted to this event. I mean, it just makes sense that orc players would be, right? Uh, there's some non-orc players that would still have fun doing it because it's just fun in and of itself. I wasn't an orc player. I mm-hmm. played in Gorkamorka season two, and it was so much fun that I am now hosting the third season, and I'm doing it here. Luca, by the way, is the other content producer that will be helping with the game mastering and the hosting and the filming of the battle reports. And so that'll be a couple months from now. Um, now, it is time for us to do a chaos comment bomb. Ooh. Chaos comment bomb. You guys ready for this? No. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> this person, uh, or this channel rather, does not know that we are chaos comment bombing them. If you are not familiar with what it is, a chaos comment bomb is when I post a link in the live chat here. And I'll be posting it later on in the in the show notes. And uh, what we do is stay on Twitch, though, if you're currently watching on Twitch and just open up another tab on YouTube. Brings you to a YouTube video, and then we leave a comment. And the comment could be something like, Dave and Vito say hi from the Shrine of Chaos. Or it could be the Eye of Terror sees you and sees exactly what you're doing and tells you to stop painting Tao right now. Or it could say, collect chaos, do the right thing in life, and be forgiven of all your sins. Or really, it could be whatever you want. Just as long as they know they've been chaos comment bombed by the Shrine of Chaos, that's the most important thing. And hopefully, all these comments are connected to the person's phone, so the notifications will explode mm. the phone on the back of the toilet because that's where they keep it when they're taking the shower and there's nothing they can do about it. They don't want to get water on the phone. So like, there's a situation like that that's perfect that happened one time and it just burned in my memory. So I'm going to leave that, com- uh, that link right now. Those links are to the chaos comment bomb and just for fun we're gonna look here because we gotta we gotta see them update in real time right because right? currently there are two comments on this youtube video by the way this is mob rules mob rules they put out an episode of their podcast 
episode 114 called The Good Dave. And I'm a little bit biased here because mm. this just happens to be an interview that this podcasting channel did with me. Oh, would you look at that? I see. What a coincidence. Mm. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of pay it forward and give them uh, give them some love. Oh, look at that. They currently have eight likes on Well, from our eyes right now. Probably going to have more likes when we refresh this because, you know, all the chaos followers are now chaos comment bombing this channel. They have no idea that this is happening, by the way. And so I think it'll be fun. So let's update this newest first. And got a couple. All right. Uh, chaos greets you from the warp. Okay. We got another couple comments there. We need a lot of comments because this is the criteria. The criteria is there's got to be a lot of comments on this video in order for us to do the giveaway because that's ah, actually the thing at the end, right? right that's yes. the incentive, right? <clears throat> we need at least eight. There was only, maybe it was just the amount of time. Maybe this is lagging by a good 10 seconds. So maybe it's going to take a little longer for the comments to come in because typically it's more. Typically it's like 20 comments when I refresh it. But let's just do it one more time just for fun. Okay, we're at 11. Oh, 11. Okay, we jumped up a bit. So we jumped up by nine. That's not bad. We surpassed eight. So Corn wants it. That's the first milestone. Let's get it past a, a, a multiple of eight. Let's get it past 16 comments, at least, in the very least, because this is fun. That, these guys are cool. By the way, this is one of, another one of those podcasts I was listening to when I was exercising in the morning. These guys are hilarious, man. They're a lot of fun. Uh, they're based out of, I don't want to get this wrong, because there's been a number that's meshing in my mind. These guys are based out of Alaska, um, I believe. If I'm wrong, I absolutely apologize. If I'm right, then that's where you guys are based out of, Mob Rules. And... The other thing, too, about these guys is if you guys are familiar with Phil, the Glacial Geek, um, Phil used to hang out with these guys when he lived in Alaska. Uh, now he lives somewhere else in the States, not in Alaska. Uh, but they were talking about that on the show. And, and Phil, he's a, he's been a guest here multiple times, and he's fantastic. We love we love Phil. But that is Mob Rules. That is the Chaos Comet Bomb. And look at the comments here. 18, okay, awesome. Past 16, past the multiple of 8. So that's good. So Corn likes it twice. Mm -hmm. And that looks like it is good. Now on to the giveaway. Now, since Vito is here, a guest in the Shrine of Chaos, we are going to be giving Vito the honors of choosing who the winner is. Ooh, so exciting. So much power. I don't know if I can contain myself. <laughs> now, this is going to be done just from sheer uh, sheer randomness. So okay. Vito's going to just randomly uh, uh, scroll and choose. And, and uh, All right. Ready, everybody? Uh, this person. Did, did I pick someone? Dragon Gurdian Five. Dragon Gurdian Five. Yeah, that's you're, you are the winner. Winner. Of Chicken dinner. Box of cast space rings. Congratulations! I'm gonna give you a like and a reply saying congratulations. Congrats! You are the winner. Awesome. Now, take a look at what the giveaway is for next week. Let's grab that box of con. You know what you're talking about, con? Oh, yes. Yeah, mm. it's going to be con. Love me some white scars. So, Corsaro Con. How do you say that? Corsaro? Corsaro. 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 Yeah. yeah. Tomato, tomato. So, he is the chapter master? Is yeah. He? Is he the chapter master of the white scars? I'd say so, yeah. 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 Or the equivalent? Yeah, he's the master of the huntsman. Okay. In the very least, he is that. Yes. Yeah. So He's he a good bloke. He is the giveaway for the next week. So I'll be put posting a post on Instagram for that. And uh, for those of you who would like to enter, look out for that. By the way, you got to be a follower on Instagram in order to um, qualify 
for the draw, and that is next week. Thank you again, guys, for being supporters of the Shrine of Chaos podcast. Also, I'll include one more link here in the Shrine of Chaos uh, live for you guys. Uh, for those of you who wish to be supporters of the show and to be patrons, um, even if it's as little as a dollar a month, we know that there is support out there and that uh, the show can continue, that the hosting fees are taken care of, that the, some of the prizes and giveaways are taken care of, and some of the awesomeness. There's some, there's some pretty cool rewards on the side that have been created especially the higher tiers. If you are a painting commission company or a terrain making company or a company or a person who likes exposure or just anything, there are some things that are available for you to peruse. I'm working with a few right now because we we have a few uh, patrons right now. So thank you very much to you guys and for your support. I'm going to post this link here for you guys so you can see it. This is a direct link to the Shrine of Chaos Podbean. Uh, podcast by the way it's also available on itunes and spotify and uh, apple play no not google play there you go so google 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 googality what yeah it's, it's google being frugal they are actually pretty frugal i, I think they're pretty didn't frugal. they buy disney um, i wouldn't be surprised mm. yeah google will take over oh by the way that reminds <laughs> me i saw this video of this one guy on a talk show uh, it's like a podcasting talk show and he's talking about the simpsons being uh, Matt Groening being a time traveler. I don't know if you saw that video. I actually did see it where like they predicted everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was hilarious and terrifying <laughs> at the same time. Like, how the heck? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you explain some of that stuff? I don't. Yeah. It, 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 coincidence? But so many times. So many times. Uh. Right? You know, as the guy said on the show, once or twice is a coincidence. Three times, it's getting a little okay. And four times, five times, it's eerie. Then after that, it's like, come on, you're a time traveler. Okay, well, how many times did they say how many times it was? <sighs> it's like 20. That's a lot. It was like so many. Yeah. And they were specific things, too. Yeah. And it was also like positions of people and what they were doing. And, yeah. Uh, you just, you can't, how, how do you explain that stuff? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty cool. So if you guys haven't seen it, check it out. It's hilarious and terrifying at the same time. Thank you very much, guys, for your support. Stay tuned next week for another episode of The Shrine of Chaos. Happy Wargaming, and don't collect out.